Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. As always, I am Mike Chisholm. As always, I am excited to be doing this show. It is the highlight of my week. I'm a broken record. Um, man, yeah, if you've watched a couple of these in a row, you hear me say the same thing right from the start. Uh, it's all true and it's all happening. And we're very excited watching this He Changed It universe kind of uh, be born and start to start to grow right in front of us organically. Um, I mean, we're still in the beta phase of this thing. Let's face it. And uh, getting all the bugs worked out and, and there's a uh, uh, for those who have uh, been here since the beginning, you notice a couple of the updates that have just happened in the app. Lots of good stuff happening to stabilize things. And, and um, it's so beautiful watching this community grow. And that includes the HeCast community. I just, I, I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Uh, if you haven't downloaded the He Changed It app yet, what the heck are you waiting for? Uh, whatever your persuasion, whether it's the Apple store or the Android store, we're, we're, come on in. Search for He Changed It, find the He app, download that thing. And uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and sharing the podcast, we would really appreciate that too. Uh, the overlords of He Changed It, obviously they look at metrics and things like that, and they get real happy when we have more shares and subscribes. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is make the world a better place when it comes to the subject of mental wellness, specifically in men. But we know that there is a massive trickle-down effect. We've got a lot of women who listen and watch this podcast as well because they want to help support the men in their lives. Um, you know, moms, who want to support their sons, that sort of thing. This whole thing has been birthed from my, my wife, not liking the world that her boys are inheriting. And so that's why he changed it is doing what it's doing. And um, I'll tell you the part that I love the most. It's meeting other people who have very similar goals and ideals. They want to make the world a better place, but they're doing it from their vantage point, doing it with the things that they're passionate about and the things that they love. And uh, many of the guests that we have on HeCast reflect that. And today is no uh, exception to that. The guy that we have on today is a guy by the name of Martin Richardson. Now, um, I got connected with him through the hockey world. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast or, or watching uh, on the YouTube, uh, you know that we have a deep, deep connection to hockey, not just because I'm Canadian and it's religion up here, but just um, when it comes to mental wellness, uh, the sport of hockey in, in many ways has really embraced the idea. I, I look at, we've had uh, coaches and former players uh, who talk about the locker room then versus the locker room now and where things are at and how important mental wellness is. Um, a few months ago, we had a guy by the name of Ryan Stresnitsky on. Um, he was a member of the Humboldt Broncos. And uh, that was one of the best uh, conversations I've ever had with with a with a human being i mean you want to talk about a guy who has uh taken adversity and looked at it and said yeah now now hold my beer i'm gonna go and i'm gonna show you how i deal with adversity and it is so inspiring and and um up in, in canada we call what ryan is doing now called we call it sledge hockey you know you got paralyzed from that 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 accident and he's like well i guess i'm gonna go and uh uh become one of the best sledge hockey players in the world and 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 that has introduced us to different folks that are out there there. Martin, 
um, has his own story, which I'm not going to spoil. I'm going to let him tell the story. And he has a vision to impact that world and change it uh, in a way that is going to impact the rest of our world around us. And and I don't think that uh, I'm telling tells out of school when I talk about what Dog Nation is going to do. Martin, thank you very, very much for taking time out of your busy day. You're in Colorado. Uh, you're a CPA. It's tax season, but you've taken time out of your day to talk about the foundation and the uh, the movement that you're building alone. Martin, welcome to HeCast. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I've been looking forward to this one as well. And uh, definitely had to set a few tax returns aside today, but <laughs> but uh, this is more important than those. Uh, always been in Colorado? No, um, actually was born in England of all places and immigrated when I was uh, really little, not even a year old to British Columbia and, and, uh, lived in, lived in Victoria for a while. And, um, and, and, uh, parents are complete immigrants. Um, dad from England, mom from Germany and, um, and me from England actually and myself and, and, uh, ended up, uh, eventually, uh, landing in, in golden Colorado as my dad was a pipe fitter for a place called Coors Brewing Company. And, um, so he put in the beer lines and, and, uh, Grew up in in Colorado. Pretty much went to school there and college there and and CPA there and and uh, started this foundation there too. Uh, your dad did the Lord's work. Thank you very much to uh, <laughs> to Daddy Richardson for for what he did. Wow, that's yeah. outstanding. Um, yeah. So safe to say, you landed in British Columbia in your formative years. Is that where the love of hockey came from? Not really. Um, I was. Uh, I don't know where it really came from when I was, I just was enthralled with the sport. Um, being from England, we were, soccer was number one and I was born in, in uh, really close to Manchester where Manchester United plays. So yep. really kind of a birthing, right? You get put uh, red and white on your little stocking cap when you're a little kid there. And, um, and my dad was, is to this day, a big soccer fan. And um, I ended up being a college soccer player actually. And um, so I was decent enough to, to play some pretty high levels myself, but, um, always loved, loved hockey. And I, when I, I remember even back when we lived in San Diego, I was just in kindergarten. I, and, uh, the, I was just enthralled with the San Diego goals at the time, minor league hockey team there. And, um, uh, I didn't know any of the players. I was just a little kid, but when I go back and look at it later, Willie O'Ree was actually on that team. So it was uh, wow. pretty cool. And, um, and Max McNabb, Peter McNabb's father was the coach. And so there was kind of some neat stuff and, uh, along the way. But, um, when I was really early age, I would, um, uh, I would listen to the Denver Spurs on my transistor radio and mm -hmm. I'd fall asleep. And I still remember the smell of that radio. And, and I would, I would sometimes forget to turn that off and fall asleep and have to go begging my parents for another uh, nine volt battery. So I could listen to the game the next night. And, um, and I remember getting in trouble a few times because I would do that. We didn't have a whole lot of money. So even a nine volt battery was a big deal. And, but at eight, nine years old, I went to my very first hockey game. It was Denver Spurs against the Salt Lake City Golden Eagles playoff game in the Denver Coliseum. And I literally still remember the score. I remember the ladies' feet on the back of my seat. I remember the smell of the beer and the hot dogs. And and it was that big of a deal to me because I had listened to my heroes on my transistor radio and had a vivid image of what the, what these guys looked like and what the goalie looked like. And, and then to be in that place was, 
it was amazing to me. And I, I've always had that huge passion for the sport, even though it was really out of the realm financially for my parents for us to play, but I, I would play pond hockey and follow the teams and so on and so forth. And when I was done with a, a pretty long soccer career, I, I started a men's league team. Myself. Yeah. And I, I just, I want to talk about nostalgia just for a second, because I mean, I think about how many of the things that, um, there, there, there are some people who have submitted the idea that our generation is the first one that actually got a full childhood. And, and yeah. I think about how important that is. We've talked to so many life coaches and different people about uh, childhood traumas and, and, and how childhood can actually form, you know, what your adulthood is with subconscious pathways that we don't understand. You, I, I have a similar memory when it comes to hockey, about my dad taking me to my first, you know, uh, uh, Kelowna Buckaroos yeah. game back in the day. And uh, my, my father and I just went to a Rockets game a couple of weeks ago. And, and I said that to him, I said, dad, I can remember for me, I, the smells and all that stuff. Yes. But the first time that I was in a room where the home teams, a full room where the home team scored that roar. Yeah. Now I, we might as well been at the Stanley cup finals and an overtime goal was scored. Yeah. That's how that, that thought hit me as a little kid and those experiences, uh, boy, do they ever form who you want to become? And when you become something, what you want to do with that becoming, don't they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's cool that you had that a similar experience, but I, um, and, and I have talked with a few other people that think maybe I took my kid a little early, just takes it for granted now. And I, for me, it was, it was a really, really, really big deal. And a, and a part of it really molded my life later, but that's really how I became a hockey guy. And I, I always loved it. I never missed game. I watch if the games were on TV, never missed it. Those were always my favorite humans was to the, the hockey players and and um and now i'm kind of living my dream honestly well, and I want to talk about that too, because at the end of the day, um, you know, I've, I've, I've got these aspirations of, of, of broadcasting, you know, David Letterman's my yeah. guy and, and that's the thing. Um, now, now do I have any aspirations that I'm going to be hosting the late show on CBS? No, probably not. But, but doing this though, stretching those muscles, uh, the, what it turns into doesn't matter. The process is the fun part. And, and right. um, when you started that team, I want to talk a little bit about that because, uh, you know, dog nation really at the end of the day, wouldn't be around if it wasn't for that team uh talk right. about uh, you know starting the team um and 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 how long it went before uh before the universe kind of intervened and, and and changed the trajectory forever uh talk a little right. bit about the genesis of the of, of the dogs yeah so it's just a, i played one year uh one season on just a regular team and i it was okay but i i kind of was like i want to kind of put make my own mark and a rink was li literally being built in our neighborhood and I, I could see the walls going up from our bedroom window. And I, mm -hmm. and I, I went there when they finally started hiring some people and I put our very first team in or the very first team in that league had, and had found the, the rink manager with construction going on around. And I said, we want to sign up. And, and so, um, I put it and then uh, balls got uh, the ball got rolling and we actually didn't have a team name. And as, as a CPA, I, I went out and I, I tried to find some jerseys that wouldn't be very expensive. And I, I found a set with a bulldog on the front and they were they, some used jerseys and they were cheap. And, and so that's how we became the dogs. So it was kind of on accident just because I was trying to save some money on, on uniforms. And, and so lo and behold, we were, we were probably the worst team in the league. I think we won maybe two games that first year. And, and over the next five, six years, I would go to drop-ins and find different people that, that I uh, would, 
I thought, well, that guy's a pretty good player. Seems like a good guy. And, and we, we slowly got better and better and um, actually won a couple championships with that team. And, and then in 2009, um, February of 2009, uh, that, that locker room that had 15 guys in it and um, had become really good friends. And, and we were there when um, I'll just make up names. Uh, Mike would be going through a divorce or, mm-hmm. or George's dad was sick or Brian was having a baby and um, we tease each other and different things. But at the end of the day, we were, we were a family that supported each other and we're, we were there in good and bad. And, and um, in two, in that February, 2009, not one, not two, but three of those players in a one week period, all were diagnosed with some sort of cancer all on the same team. And so what I, what I did is I would literally and figuratively pass my hat around the room and we would go see, um, go see Danny, or we would go see Dave, or we would go see Andy and, and, um, sneak some Molson's into the hospital and, and, uh, get in trouble for that, but kind of not. And, uh, because the doctors and nurses saw what a big lift it was for their patient at the same time that not that there was a money in that hat, but the fact that their buddies cared for him. And, each time that lifted them and they would, those guys literally would, it was so important to them, this team that they would no joke adjust their, their uh, radiation and chemo treatments around our game schedule. So they would never miss a game. And um, oh my God. They, were, they were struggling. And one of them, Andy Gary literally was stage four colon cancer and some really ser- serious surgeries and very heavy doses. Uh, I remember sitting next to him and getting ready before a game and he had a port in his chest and he was telling me how the chemo in the morning was going to be going through that part and uh, still playing. And unbelievably, uh, about six months after that, that pretty brutal February, um, the fourth guy on the team, um, who was very close to me, his name was Jack Kelly. Um, he was a college soccer player as I was. He uh, coached kids soccer as I do. He had three daughters and no sons as I do. Oh. And and uh, he was a financial guy from Merrill Lynch and I was a CPA. So it was literally like looking in the mirror when, and when I would talk to Jack and we would go to lunch once a month and talk about life and how not to raise a teenage girl and all that fun stuff. And, and uh, lo and behold, he said he wasn't feeling good. And he, um, literally the very next day after that lunch fell into a coma and was in a coma for nine days. And, and they tried to figure out what was going on and determined it was an autoimmune disease, not cancer. And six months later, um, we lost Jack. And when we lost Jack, I spoke at that funeral and told those three girls that I want to do something in your dad's honor. I don't know what it is, but I want to do something. And really impacted me because I'd lost a close first time in my life. I'd lost a close friend, but also the fact that he asked to be laid to rest in his dog's Jersey, which was pretty cool. And so, Oh my um, God. Yeah. So pretty big deal for us that day. And, and when that happened, I pulled those girls aside and, and didn't do something right away. It took several months and I just, it, it, uh, on January 1st, 2011, so it's easy to remember, 1111, mm. um, sat around a kitchen table and and my goalie and left wing and right defenseman and and uh, uh, centerman, we all threw a $100 bill in the middle of the table and they all looked at me as a CPA and said, figure out how to make a nonprofit. Let's let's try and honor, honor Jack. And that's what we did. And never ever thinking that this was going to be more than just helping a couple of our guys through some medical bills and some other, other different things. And, and now 11, 
12 years later, we've um, uh, really proud to have given away over $3 million to hockey families in need. So it's, uh, it's been amazing, amazing, amazing journey. And, and uh, to the point where it's literally changed my life, my wife's life, the lives of many other people around me and, and um, in a really positive way. Uh, that's what's happened. I, uh, I'm blown away by this story. There's a few things that I want to, uh, before we move over to, 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 to what it's evolving into now. And, and by the yeah. way, congratulations on turning that few hundred dollars into something. I, I've got goosebumps all over me listening to this. Yeah. Um, from a mental wellness perspective, um, yeah. you know, that locker room of these yeah. friends, uh, that are, that are, that are playing hockey together, but doing more than that, uh, yeah. being there for each other. That, that is exactly what, uh, the goal, um, on a global scale that, that Candy and her team are trying to do with, he changed it. We're trying to take exactly that because, um, you know, looking through the pain points and I mean, you've seen some of the stats as well when it comes to mental wellness and, 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 um, you know, three out of four suicides are middle-aged men. And, and the big reason there's a whole bunch of pain points that they've identified and all of those things are going to try and get uh, rectified mm-hmm. within the app, you know, but the number one thing is loneliness and, and, and a lack of purpose. And when you have a group of guys who can be there for each other, when they go through things, when life happens and the, the ups and the downs, um, you can get through it together. And, and that's why I think sport resonates so closely with this because of the idea of a team and, and yeah. banding together and, and, and this, this small group of guys that decide they want to do something, man, you talk about being able to move mountains. You're able to move mountains. Uh, the $3 million before we get to, you know, what, what it's yeah. evolving into now, what kind of families in need would you be helping? What are some of the situations that, yeah. uh, that you struck almost, out to you? It's really almost endless. The only connection of all these families, there's a hockey connection somehow, yeah. or whether they, they, the husband plays the wife, plays that someone referees the child plays they all play um so there's there's that connection but uh we right now on our site we're raising money for probably five six different families and one of those is somebody that lost their leg in a hunting accident another one is um uh someone that's battling cancer Uh, another and and uh, in the past we've had widows that unexpectedly lost their their husband one of them actually literally in a hockey game and um and and uh so uh another one is very very famous um referee uh, named Butch Musso. He's the only Native American ever to referee an NHL hockey game. And he actually uh, died in an accident in a, in a NCAA uh, playoff game in at Ferris State where he hit his head on the ice in the warmups and actually never woke up again after that. And then that family today, that family um, actually does check presentations with me. And they're the son of Bush was actually my intern last year. So what happens is they become family members of us and, um, and, and uh, become part of the journey last year. I also had a, another intern that on um, December 31st, um, 2020, uh, he said goodbye to his dad. who was a hockey coach and, and um, he passed away of prostate cancer. And that young man became my intern last year. And he calls me all the time as, as is for advice on school and, and life and, and different things like that. But also uh, is shoulder to shoulder with me when we help the next family. And that's, that's part of the healing too, because they, 
they feel like a lot of these families that are paraphrasing for them or speaking for them is they they want to figure out they they're humbled that they're supported but they invariably want to give back themselves and that's what happens we we bring them back in and then they become part of the the next family that needs help once they get their footing so it's a Pretty cool. The thing I love in this show is when, um, uh, when, when you get into sort of a flow state and, and what happens is you get into this, this conversation where you're totally engaged and then the other person takes the words right out of your mouth. My next question I was about to ask is, um, it goes without saying, but it's worth saying anyway, because of how good it is and how good it is for the feeling that the soul of good for, for your soul, uh, giving back to people like this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's almost David Letterman once said this too. He said, you know, uh, it's I love giving back to people, but it's almost selfish because when I give joy or I give back to people, whether it's monetarily or people in need or whatever, it's almost a selfish act because of how good it makes me feel. Yeah. I, I'm seeing it right now. It's 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 yeah. doesn't need to be said, but let's say it anyway because there's yeah. guys who listen to this that are maybe a little bit lost. How good is it yeah. to give back to people and yeah. to help them when they're down? I often I I I'd never heard that quote. I love that one, but I. I I kind of concur on that a little bit, but honestly, the, for us, for me personally, um, I get thanked a lot and people come to me and they're like, Oh, you've lifted this huge weight off our family's shoulders. We didn't I just recently got a, got a, a, um, Facebook, uh, personal note. I woke up in the morning and I just thought of this family that, and, um, and they, I knew that, um, uh, Angie and Tom are going through a really tough time and I was six in the morning. I, I thought of them and I just wrote them a note and, mm-hmm. and, um, she wrote back this long note and said that without dog nation's help, they would have lost their house. And that this was such a big deal. And this was years ago, but they're still Angie and Tom are still in my heart. I mean, my mind a lot and my heart and they'll be, a, a, they, they give back all the time even though it's really hard for them financially to give back because they, they have their own challenges um, sure. uh, with some really serious financial things. But I say quite often, um, you know, it's, uh, I get more out of this than you do. And, um, and I really do. I mean, it fills me up to be able to, to do that and, and uh, just watch people that are in dire straits or desperate needs to be able to come in and go um, be with the help of all of this hockey community and your community, um, you, you have all these people that love you. And, and what happens is they, they rally and they, they live longer and they fight harder and they, you watch miracles happen, right? For anyone it's because they got a community. I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you're preaching to the choir and you're preaching the same message that I like to preach. And I like it when somebody else comes in and preaches that same message because people get parent deaf to me hearing it. It's so good to, 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 to hear that. Um, now as we're recording this, uh, it's going to come out a couple of weeks later, but we're recording it the day after, um, uh, an event that rocked, not just my nation, not just the hockey nation, but anybody who has heard this story. Um, it rocked it, it it rocked them um and and i'm, I'm referring to the uh the, the the humboldt broncos crash um mm-hmm. the anniversary of that was yesterday on the day of this recording it was it was yesterday yeah. you put posts up about it i put posts up about it mm-hmm. a lot of people talking about it um 
a few weeks ago. And I, I think, you know, the hockey world is, is, is fairly small. So there's a legendary broadcaster up here. His name is Ron McLean. He's been the host of hockey night in Canada for well over three decades. Now we had him on the podcast, um, not too long ago. And, and he actually talked about the Humboldt Broncos, um, tragedy that night, uh, as being one of the defining moments in his entire life. And, wow. and, and, and you think about that, this is a guy that has seen when it comes to hockey, he's seen everything. He's a referee at a very high level. He's seen all sorts of stuff, uh, over the years. And, 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 um, when he talked about this, you know, so, so for those who aren't aware, uh, it's a, it's a junior hockey team during playoff time. Um, and, 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 and they're on, they're in a, going to a, um, an opponent's rink and on the way, uh, their bus gets into an accident with a semi-truck. Um, many of the team died. Um, many of the team, uh, who, who, who survived, um, physically, um, impaired for the rest of their lives, paralyzings and, 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 and things mm -hmm. like that. Paralyzations, I should say. Um, of course the mental wellness of the rest of the people, the families around, uh, that accident, it rocked a nation and, uh, we're, and, and, and so, um, I want to ask you a little bit about that because obviously where dog nation is going now, uh, has a lot to do with that, with that, uh, mm -hmm. community, the sledge hockey community, as we call it up here in Canada. And, uh, mm -hmm. is that, is that where the connection began between you and, and, and sledge? No, actually it didn't, but, um, uh, it, it deepened there as, uh, I had the, the, I, I'm used to saying sled down here, but um, the, there's something called Colorado Sled Hockey here, and um, yeah. that's a uh, nonprofit here for uh, adults and kids that are disabled, and um, and it's a very strong uh, like sled hockey program, and uh, here in Colorado, partly there uh, win a lot of national championships and things like that, and um, uh, so I actually um did their tax return and that's how i got to know them okay and, and so instead of just doing their tax return and in typical uh dog father fashion i <laughs> i decided to start volunteering for them and i i learned very quickly that they number one they're an amazing team but number two that they they really could use some help so i i, I would rally referees to volunteer time scorekeepers to volunteer time and and uh, help them at some of their fundraisers and different things like that but also got to know a lot of these people uh, um, whether they were born with spina bifida with cerebral palsy or lost their legs in afghanistan and they all had amazing amazing stories and um and and uh so i tried to put them on the forefront and and uh lo and behold the week after the humboldt accident um it was uh I was in Chicago for the sled hockey championships of the United States and mm -hmm. the U S had just won the gold medal. This was in 2018. And yep. um, they were, uh, so there was a lot of gold medal winners at this event. It's called the disabled fest. And, but they were on different teams. There, some would be on the Cavs team. Some would be on the, yep. on the Chicago Blackhawks team and so on and so forth. So while I was there, uh, another guest that you've had, Carl Poole, I had met him years before, mm -hmm. and he worked for a team called the Denver Cutthroats, a minor league hockey team in Colorado. And one of their players was a guy named Drew Calls. And this is where the world gets really small. And Drew barely played any games for the Cutthroats. Um, he's a Calgary native and 
and uh, broke his hand in a fight. And and uh, I was just trying to help that team kind of gain its footing in Colorado and grow sport, grow hockey. And and um, I took um, a couple of the players to a local elementary school to shoot like and give away tickets to these little kids so they could come to the game and hopefully get some fans. And, and, um, and this guy drew came with me and I got to know him and had had dinner with him afterwards. And, and then he got cut from the team and I never, I didn't think I'd ever hear from him again that weekend when I'm at the disabled fest with these players, I, one week after the Humboldt accident, I got a phone call from drew calls and drew happened to, he says, I got something for you to watch. And I told him where I was at. He goes, I can't believe you're at a, at a sled event. And what he just sent me a CBC story. And it was Ryan Straz mm-hmm. in the hospital bed saying his hockey career uh, uh, might be over or, or people think it's over, but it's not because he's going to become a sledge hockey player. And of all places, and he goes, and then he called me back. He said, I know this kid. I used to train him. And and so I got some of the American players that had just won the gold medal. One of them, Ralph D. Quebec, gave me the stick. He One of the sticks he used in the gold medal game, signed it and said, see you on the ice someday, Ryan. And all the, the players, several of the players from the national team signed that uh, that stick. And I sent that stick to Ryan with a, do- a personal note from me and a Dog Nation hat not really thinking I was going to hear much on that. And a week later, I got a, a picture back from Ryan sitting in that same hospital bed wearing a dog hat. And, and uh, a few months, a couple months after that, uh, we, Ryan was in Philadelphia kind of learning life as a, a, a paraplegic and, and uh, with his dad, Tom, and they, he, we had a big hockey tournament that uh, out in Colorado and, Ryan became one of our recipients that day and his, his teammate, Grayson Cameron came to Colorado and accepted that check on, on Ryan's behalf. And um, so in a really weird way, Carl, who, you know, yeah, is connected to why I, I know Straz and now Straz I brought down to Colorado a couple times. I, I had dinner with his family just last week. I went to the Avs Calgary game with him yeah. um, a, a week ago. And um, so it's uh, we've, we've kept that uh, connection together for all these years. It's uh, interesting how these pieces, how these pieces all, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's like we're watching life as a 3d puzzle and, and over here is where the landscape uh, is being built and up here is where the sky is and all that. And these parts don't really intersect until a couple of those pieces then suddenly link it all. And, and suddenly you're seeing a much bigger picture. Uh, so the connections and, and relationships um, pieces are coming together. Let's talk about the project because now yeah. you guys, uh, you know, okay, $3 million to help families. That is tremendous uh, Mm -hmm. what you've done. Now the ambition shows up and it's like, okay, let's really go and fucking change the world. And, and, Mm -hmm. and you guys are embarking on a journey to do just that. Um, Talk about the project, the, 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 the bigness of the project and what you guys are doing now. Yeah. So, so what, what we did there was, um, uh, Along the way, this journey, I, I looked at it and I thought, boy, Dog Nation is, it makes the money that we make is very labor intensive. It's designed through um, events, like really big events. And um, 
and I'm not getting any younger. And at some day I'm like, boy, if I stop doing this, will all those, will this just end? And it's such a magical thing. And, and um, so I thought there's a, there's gotta be a way to tie in these, these sled disabled folks that don't really have a proper place to play. That was the other thing I noticed when I would go see them, they, they, and uh, their rinks are very similar to what we use, but they have to have different types of benches and, and uh, things like that, that wouldn't even change my life at all. And, but right. make a world of difference to them. And so I thought, well, what if I, uh, in woke up literally at four in the morning one day and wrote this business plan, I said, what if we were able to, to find a municipality that would be generous enough to give us land. What if we were able to then go to general contractors and architects and, and uh, different types of people, then go to generous souls and companies and build a hockey rink where it truly is for everyone, where every bit of the arena from as soon as you get out of your car into the house, uh, into the, into the front doors and into the locker rooms and onto the ice, it is designed from day one um, with a disabled athlete in mind, but not changing my world at all. And the NHL has a has a mantra, which is awesome, called uh, hockey is for everyone, but no one's really proved that yet. So I'm, I saw this and I thought, what, what if you could prove that? What if you built this arena that truly was for everyone, but you, you take it further than that because you take, you find all these generous souls and is it maybe it's utopia, maybe not, but what if you were able to do that? And this arena is actually built by the entire hockey community. And then you still run the arena with youth hockey and adult hockey and, and sledge hockey and, and blind hockey and, and high school teams and what have you in tournaments and you take those profits and you don't give them back to myself or any of these NHL guys that are in, involved in dog nation now that, but instead you turn around and you pour those profits um, back into the, into the community on all kinds of different uh, initiatives, probably the main one helping families, which what dog nation does when, when, that stuff happens to good people and, and but no fault of their own, but you also have this, this revenue stream or income stream that you're able to like slice and dice and, and do things like affordability and, um, and dis- disabled sports and also mental health, which we're talking about today. Yeah. And, um, what if you could do that? So this was about five years ago when I woke up at four in the morning and did that and, and didn't want to wake up Cindy and went in the other room and got on my I, I, my CPA brain and kind of built this whole model out. Told my board about a week later about it and said, what do you guys think? And and I started this ball rolling and it's been like a really, really hard lift. It's a big, big, big job. And But believe it or not, we we one of the literally most perfect places in the world to put this is a place called castle pines colorado and um it's right on i-25 and it's um near the usa uh hockey facilities that are in in the in um colorado springs u.s olympic committees out of colorado springs and and um we've had feasibility studies done in that area it's like like this is the perfect place to put something like this and lo and behold, the city of Castle Pines made an incredible donation of 12 acres worth $5 million for us to do this. And no cost to Dog Nation because they believed in it. 
And from there, we've got general contractors and architects and mechanical engineering companies and roofing companies and lighting companies that have all raised their hand and said, um, we'll heavily discount or even in some cases donate. And so that's um, an estimated another $7 million. And um, so, so it's been this really neat thing. And so where we are right now is, is the rate, the, the fundraising part and lots of different options there, but um, we're, we're currently in the stage of, of uh, seeking a really a, a lead donor of somebody that, uh, and we do have a, we have a pretty robust list of people that we're talking to and sharing this story with them that could do this. And um, what, if we can hit them in the heart in the right place and, and they see the vision that I see and, um, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. And so our, our goal is to to build this honest hockey utopia uh, place right here in Colorado. I, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm so inspired hearing this. Uh, the, the, the part that hit me really hard where you talked about the NHL as this mattress saying hockey is for everyone. Well, nobody's gone out and proved that. And we're going to go out and prove that. And I got goosebumps yeah. all over me. Uh, I'm a gigantic star Wars fan and uh, I'm yeah. about to go to Disneyland for the first time since galaxy's edge opened. I was going to a few years ago, but then our, our granddaughter had some medical stuff and that sidelined that trip. And then pandemic showed up. Uh, I'm about to go and step on the millennium Falcon for the first time. And I know I'm going to cry and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. Um, I imagine what you're building here and I want to kind of cast the vision for, for, uh, because I mean, okay, Colorado and, and, but it's not just like, that's going to be the heartbeat in the center of it. At the end of the day, we're talking about a place where if there's a sled or a sledge hockey player out there, this is going to be a place where they're, that's their millennium Falcon. They're going to want to go to this place. They're going to want to be at this, at, at this place. You're talking about things like, I imagine camps and different things to kind of be a beacon to let these folks come here and it be something that is for them. I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm not though, am I? Like I'm just catching the dream with you. Yeah, no, and and I mean to kind of circle back where we just were, um Ryan's told me, he said he uh and I, I shared this with his family, he said, you know, when we build this uh uh, I want to be the first person on that ice. Oh my God. And uh, I said, Ryan, you're going to be the second. Cause I'm going to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, but yeah, no, I, I do, I do see that. I see that as, uh, an opportunity for inclusion and also for anybody in that arena to break barriers down where I kind of envision you and I just played our beer league game and, and uh, like, it's a big deal for us, even though uh, it really isn't to anybody else, but, but, yep. um, but in that same restaurant afterwards where you're having a beer and pizza at the very next table are uh, a couple of sled guys that, and you talking about their game and, and maybe over at the other table is a, is a blind person, but we're all the same because we're all hockey players. Oh my God. So, so that's the thing like, okay, Colorado. All right. But this is not a border thing. This is a thing Uh where it's everybody. And that's, that's the thing about hockey. Hockey doesn't have borders. Uh, You know, hockey hockey has rivalries that, that sometimes include borders and stuff. I'm a big Kings fan. I don't like those Anaheim ducks very much, but at the end of the day, (laughs) but at the end of the day, we're all united by this thing. And I think the the vision is way bigger than Colorado, I guess is where I'm trying to go with this. Uh, There are no borders with this thing and the support that you're getting is coming from everywhere. You've had a lot of folks, uh, you know, publicly and privately kind of saying to you, okay, we've got some things happening. You're building 
connections in community all over the world. Talk a little bit about, uh, cause I know how grateful you are. I know how yeah. driven you are uh, about yeah. building this thing, but I also know how grateful you are. You guys are, are getting close on this thing in many, many ways. Yeah. I mean, it's still a really big left and I'm a conservative guy by nature as a CPA. So I, no. I still think, I mean, I, I don't want anyone to think, oh, this is guaranteed because it's not. And there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of wood to chop on this still and, and a lot of people that we need to get in front of. And um, uh, what we're trying to do um, as a, a business guy, lifetime business guy myself, I, uh, I haven't been able to find this done anywhere else. Like, so I don't have a, we're pioneers. No roadmap, is there? Yeah, there is none. There is none. So uh, a lot of this is, is, um, is, I wouldn't say flying by the seat of our pants. We have an incredible team from, from our attorneys to our board, to celebrities, to some of the, uh, and then the people that I, I just continually meet and are placed in front of me. But, um, but we're, we're figuring it out as we go a little bit. I know what I, I want it to look like at the end, but there definitely are things that have happened along the way that I was like, wow, um, all right, yeah, I, I think we need to to fix this part to make this part work and and so on and so forth. And but right now we're 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 primed. We're ready and we're in the we're in the full-on fundraising stage right now. And if we I I see that coming from a lot of possible different ways and I mean, if for any of your listeners do want to kind of check it out there is a video out there and a and a a uh, a gofundme page that's called hockeysheart.com and um it's a uh, it you can kind of see my vision in the uh, this uh it's another one of those uh i wrote the script to this commercial so to speak that's on there um another 4am one. And, um, and then the filmmakers took my vision. Then I said, here's what I kind of see all these people coming to this arena, men, women, young, all disabled, able-bodied, all coming into this arena at the same time, then all getting ready. And then all being on the ice together. And, and, uh, but then coming and saying, what if there was a hockey ring for everyone? And there's not. Mm. And then ends with, but we can, we can do this. And so that's kind of the vision I have with this whole thing. And it's getting closer and closer. I, uh, I'm so excited by this. Um, and, and the evolution that you have taken again, I'm thinking about the guy that's listening to this podcast that might be aimless. Um, the guy that might be, you know, in a place, not knowing where to go, not feeling purpose, uh, feeling lonely. And, and it really comes down to like, this is an evolution. Like there's some people who would listen to this and go, Oh my God, this guy's vision is so big. You know, how do I, but it evolved into that. And, and I think yeah. that no matter where you are, no matter what the level is, um, there is some secret sauce to life when it comes to uh, volunteering and, and giving back. And, 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 and this is just really, when you talk about, I'm really glad that you talked about where you came from to get to this point, because it'd be really easy just to talk about where we're at and looking at the plans for what you're building. It'd be really easy to get excited and swept up in that, but it didn't start there. It started with a couple of guys around a table, throwing down a hundred dollar bill saying, okay, let's like, and, and all of it, um, you would talk about feeling purpose, feeling that, that mental health thing, you know, if, if you're in the red, bringing it back down from that, it's the best feeling in the world. And look what you can, yeah. look at what it can turn into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, it's when you step back, it's somewhat accidental and it certainly had no, and as you said, we threw that hundred dollars in the middle of the table, 
no way in the world would I thought I'd be on your your podcast here talking about the dreams that we have in front of us and and um it's a pretty cool journey and it's at this point it's I would I mean I know it's still going to be really really tough but I wouldn't bet against us right now <laughs> no, I certainly wouldn't either. Um, you know, this is inspiring and it's going to inspire a lot of people. Let's let's start doing. OK, if people want to come out and see what it is that you're building and they want to take a look at things, where's the best uh, place to follow and to and to check out the um, progress? Probably the, that hockeysart.com is a good place. Our, our other we also have a Web page, um, dognation.org. And um, uh, that's uh, that has a lot of the stories that that we have um, uh, and the folks that we're, we're helping one of them. Another recent one, I know I shared a couple of them, but you asked about them. One, one is a young man. Well, not young. He's in, a, in his late 40s now, but he was a college hockey player at Lake Forest in Chicago and a very gifted player and went on to play some semi-pro and coached and different things like that. A lot of men's leagues and mm-hmm. married and has a daughter and business owner and kind of living the the typical life that a lot of us do and um uh in 2018 he slipped on the stairs and had a massive head injury and and um he really he he has a lot of uh um physical challenges and and but his mind's there but he can't trigger where he can't speak very well right. he can only say one or two words at a time but uh but i can he he knows exactly what's going on but every since that accident every time he goes past his skates in the in his garage he would say to his caretaker hockey hockey and they thought that there's no way that that bam's ever going to play hockey again he can barely walk and uh without assistance and things like that and um lo and behold he came to us not the other way around he he wanted to be a volunteer for dog nation and we we struggled and like, how are we going to do this? And my executive director, Mike Freeman, um, who's got an education background, um, really like, you know, I think we can, we can have him do some little stuff. And what we did is we had him hand out beers at our golf tournament and he loved it because we had NHL players and, um, (laughs) Hall of Famers as Joe Sackett walked by and, and oh Michelle Boulay and, and yep. Milan Hayduk. So he was he was in heaven because he knew who these people were and, and he was getting to hand them a beer. And um, but at the end of that day, we thanked him for being a volunteer and taking the time to do that. And we surprised him with a sixty thousand dollar check covering all their medical bills that oh. night. And so, but we didn't stop there. What we did with Van is we got him out on the ice. And Van at first could barely skate without me or Mike holding him and um, where he worried about him falling down. And, and we've watched a miracle in front of us is Van's now skating forward, Van's skating backwards, Van's stopping. He's passing the puck. He's, he's now working on shooting and unassisted. And this, is a, this is a guy that, yeah, we really shouldn't, I've ever been able to do it again. But the other really cool thing that we're watching with Van is Van's now watch like we Mike helped him the first couple of times get put his equipment on and different things like that. But now he's dressing himself and not just in that locker room for the first time since the accident, he dresses himself for real. All from that locker room. Oh my God. I uh so that's that's the kind of stuff we get to do. And what I see this rink like doing every day, 
not just our one-off because we happen to meet this guy, that this is what this place can do. You're creating a place where stories like this can unbelievably become commonplace. Right. Right. And, and, and you're just walking in. How oh, you know who that guy is over there? Oh, you know who that guy is? Oh, that's Malik Jones over there. Oh, that's Ben Stone. Uh, and and um, they become these almost celebrities. Oh, by the way, that's Milan Hayden. And like, yeah. they're all in the same sentence, all of these people. And might sound like utopia, but that's what I'm shooting for. No. Oh, my God. That's it's it sounds beautiful. Um, it's amazing. I, I hate to say it. Time gets slippery when we do these things. That's my uh, I say that every episode because it happens every episode. We're getting yeah. we're getting uh, yeah. to the tail end here. Um, at the yeah. end of the day, um, is there a common I mean, this is a hard question because I, I know that, like you say, everybody's story is unique. Yeah. Everybody's story of the people that you've helped is, is, is unique. And I get that. Um, at the end of the day, we, as men, sometimes we, the, the way that the language that's used in, in, in the, he changed the world is men silo. <laughs> they go in and they, and they, they, they don't talk. They let things sit and wh- wherever they're at when it comes to this stuff. Um, yeah. and mentally they just don't release anything here. Uh, it seems to me like you discovered either on purpose or accidentally that that's not the way to go, that, that community and, 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 and anybody can find a community by the way. And by the way, I take a look at the hockey community in almost every, every region of North America, there's a hockey community somewhere. Um, yeah. but whatever that community needs to be, it seems like finding a community is, is a bit of secret sauce for helping uh, mentality mindset. If you're feeling stuck, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. What, what, what comes to your mind as I say that? No, it's what comes to me to, to my mind is how important it is to have people around you. And um, I know not everybody does, but it's, I think it's for, uh, for us. And part of this is to find those people for each other, because um, mm. I do have a, there was a documentary done on one of our recipients and it reminds me of what you just said there. And he was, uh, he was burned over 90% of his body and was given a literally a negative chance. No one in the whole world had ever lived what through what this guy had gone through and with the severity of the burns and his age and different things like that. But he was incredible in incredible shape, incredible, incredible shape going into this. But, um, despite that, I mean, he, he really should have died multiple times and, and, uh, he had a whole room at this, at the burn center at Anschutz uh, medical center, mm. the whole room was full of bright colors and, 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 uh, encouraging words, even though he was in a coma, he was encircled by that in his room and the light, the, the blinds were always up and, and light and sun and people visiting him constantly. And, in, and, um, incredibly, Dave was in the hospital for 18 months and he walked out and today he skates and plays and it's pretty amazing um, uh, from what we saw happen. And a lot of that was his determined and will to live, but it also was that he had a community behind him that, that willed him and he didn't want to let that community down. In the room right next to Dave was a woman that was also burned and she was burned uh, not to diminish, uh, diminishing it, but 25% of her body. 
Right. And, um, and this woman never had a visitor. She didn't have one thing in the, on the wall. The room was dark most of the time. And lo and behold, she passed away. And so that to me, when people ask me what the power of a community is, I think of Dave and Amanda every time. Um, if you're out there and you're listening to this and, and, and you're in a place where things are dark, you know, not just literally, but figuratively as well, things are dark, um, reach out, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're, we're, we're attacking the same problem from two different areas, you know, uh, with, with what, you know, he is doing where we're, he changes doing, we're in startup mode because we want to change the world. Uh, Martin doing what he's doing. He's in startup mode because he, he wants to change the world as well. And, 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 but the common thread is, uh, reaching out is not sitting there in that aloneness, but actually, uh, you know, finding that safe place to do it. We're trying to create that safe place with, he changed it. Um, you're trying to create that safe place there. And I just, I, you're a brother from another mother, Martin. I just appreciate, I appreciate you like crazy. Um, what, what's the website one more time as we finish up here? Um, dognation.org and it's um d-a-w-g we don't know how to spell down here so d-a-w-g nation.org and um and and uh yeah I, in the in, back in the day i always often tease that we would have if i would have known this would have taken off i would have thought of a way cooler name but um it's kind of cool that it's named after my beer league hockey team so. oh no 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 absolutely i i yeah i this is the perfect name with the perfect origin as to how it it came in and you are mm-hmm. the perfect dog father man you That's really crazy. really are um martin i mean i know our our, our lives are going to intersect uh, a lot yeah. more moving forward i know that like yeah. that's just it's already happening and i'm grateful for that um as this thing grows. And as things move into the next project, you'll come back on and we can talk about the progress of, of dog nation and, and you'll keep us posted. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I might surprise you and have Milan Hayduk sitting right shoulder to shoulder with me. Or something oh, like let's, that. let's do it. I, uh, Hey man, I'm a giant Kings fan, but, uh, one of the Kings, like my, my love for them goes deep. The only reason my boy Rob Blake has a Stanley cup ring is because he yeah. had a tour with the Colorado avalanche. So, yes, um, no man, yeah. I, Hey Martin, again, you're, you're changing the world. Um, I'm just, I just want to say thank you for being you, man. I really appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate, again, brothers from another mother, the passion that you exude is the same passion that I exude for what my wife and her team are doing with, with, he changed it. And, and, uh, and that's what we got to be, man. We got to be bright lights. It's a world that if you choose to focus on darkness, there's a lot of stuff that you can focus on. But uh, the, in my opinion, the better path, the harder path, but the better path is to focus on the light and, and, and lighten up, lightening up a bunch of that. That darkness. That is exactly what you're doing. Martin, thank you so, so much for what you're doing, brother. You're welcome. And thank you. Uh, right back at you. Um, oh. You're changing lives and, um, and, and uh, look forward to, to the day where Cindy and I can uh, have a meal with you and your wife and, and, uh, we'll, and I know that'll happen someday. Absolutely. Absolutely. It will. Uh, they go by that fast. There we are. Yeah. Um, we're already almost another hour into this thing. Uh, thank you. The viewer, whether on the YouTubes or on you're on the uh, listening to it in your ear holes, whatever it is, um, we thank all of the supporters of HeCast out there. Uh, once again, like, share, subscribe, do all those things. Um, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, hechangedit.com has all the info. Thank you very, very much for being part of another episode of HeCast. As always, I am Mike Chisholm. As always, uh, I am the host of HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. Go change something.